0: Hi, everybody, Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Locked On Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. My name is JJ Jackson. So excited to have you here with us on our program today. Thank you for making Locked On Blue Devils your first listen each and every day when it comes to everything in the world of Duke athletics. On today's show, we talk about last night's Duke victory over the Pittsburgh Panthers as Duke, for the first time in 12 years, are the ACC regular season champions. Today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils is brought to you by Run Your Pool. March Madness is here, and Run Your Pool has a better way to create your bracket. RunYourPool.com, the premier sports pool hosting service. All right, so a lot of things to discuss on our program. I'll be joined today by Brian Horace. He is at DukeBlogger on Twitter. He's been on the program before, and I really do value his insights that he brings to the show as we recap last night's victory. Again, a 30-point win for the Duke Blue Devils over the Pittsburgh Panthers. Let's welcome in Brian now. Brian, I appreciate you taking the time uh, to join us on the program. How you been, man?
1: Uh, Been pretty good. How about yourself?
0: I can't complain. I uh, have enjoyed the latter portion of the Duke basketball season, and uh, anytime I get the opportunity to catch up with you, I'm always in a good mood. So uh, let's talk a little bit about the Duke basketball game. Obviously, it was the final road game for Mike Krzyzewski's career, and we've been, briefly speaking, before we started recording, uh, it's always a pleasure when the game gets started, very much so in favor of the Duke Blue Devils, and uh, it doesn't feel like the game's ever in doubt, and it kind of felt that way tonight uh, when Duke knocked off Pittsburgh.
1: Yeah, and without a doubt, what you want to see is you know execution. Even when you jump out to that big lead, they've had um, you know, games where they've you know, sort of let that lead slip Sort of get a little lackadaisical ago with the execution, but tonight they didn't really do that. And that's uh I think that's an area of growth for uh, for this team going forward. So that's good.
0: 30-point win. They had a 17-point lead at halftime. Duke led 36 to 19, scored 50 points in the second half, did the Duke Blue Devils, and they ultimately won by a score of 86 to 56. Duke climbs to the number four team in the country after this past Saturday. We saw the top six teams in the country lose on the road and duke has now won back-to-back games played away from cameron indoor stadium actually three straight uh since they last played at home and uh talking to the uh, syracuse game on saturday where duke jumped out to a 14-0 lead early in this one duke had a 16-3 lead at the first media timeout why do you think duke's been able to get off to these quicker starts the past couple of games
1: that's a, that's a good question i, I mean they're, they're hitting shots they've done well on the road. They've, they've been able to, uh, you know, not be bothered by, by, by hostile crowds. And they've been able to just hit shots. And if you're hitting shots and you're also playing the level of defense that they've been playing, I mean, they've just been shutting teams down. If you can do both of those things, I mean, that, that kind of stuff travels and it's, it's worked well for Duke. What is that like eight games in a row on the road? Right. That's I I don't, that's a, that's been a rarity in the ACC, much less un, you know, under coach K. So definitely hitting shots and good defense.
0: And that's a, a good reason why they've been able to get off to these quick starts. And don't look back from it. It's been uh, the two freshmen to, uh, and Duke's win over Pittsburgh that really got them going with Trevor Keels and Paula Banquero. Keels finished with a game-high 27 points. Uh, early in the first half, he had 15 points kind of right out of the gates and the number to be following this whole season. Duke has yet to lose a game when Trevor Keels scores at least 13 points. He scored more than double that, again, setting a new career-high At 27, a bit of an up and down freshman year for Trevor Keels, to say the least. At times, he was incredibly inefficient, but he finishes the game against Pitt 10 of 15 shooting from the floor. Uh, How do you feel about Trevor Keels play as of late?
1: Yeah, I mean, ever since he came back from injury, he's just been, you know, unstoppable and he's, he's playing great. And what I love about Keels is that even when he wasn't shooting well, even when he had those bad, you know, subpar offensive games, he's always been a dog defensively. And so, you know, he, he still stays in the moment. He doesn't let it get to him. He still plays, you know, really amazing, you know, perimeter defense. So those those are all good things for him. Even if he's not scoring, he's doing other things. He's assisting, he's, you know, he's pressuring the D or pressuring the offensive um, side of the ball. He's still doing those things regardless of his offense, but now both sides are clicking and that's, and it's happening right at the right time for, for Duke.
0: Paulo had 21 points, 7 of 10 from the floor, 3 of 3 shooting from three-point range. Trevor Keels from deep was 5 of 8. Paulo had a couple of back-to-back, or excuse me, against Virginia. He did not score in double figures in either of those games. Those are the only two games this season that Paulo did not have double-digit scoring numbers. He had eight consecutive games where he didn't score 20-plus, and now this is two straight games or he has had 21 points in each of those games. Have you noticed anything different out of Paulo,
1: or what have you thought of his? Well, a couple of things, really. Um, he said it himself earlier in the week that the difference in his play has been his mindset. He was putting a lot of pressure on himself. I think he was, you know, looking down on himself every time he was having a bad game. I, I think it's honestly just been a mindset. I mean, a lot, a lot of guys play bad against Virginia. They're, they're a really tough defensive team, and they put a lot of pressure, you know, on the base, on the especially in the post, they, they double the post every time. And I think, you know, the physicality that Virginia brought really got into Paolo's head. But I think I, I think he's gotten past that just by understanding that he can play inside out. He can do a lot of other things other than just score the basketball. Right. And, and in the end, I think it was just a mindset. I think he changed his mindset and he's having more fun playing the game. Virginia is not a fun team to play against.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. That's a, uh, a tough test to say the least, and so to, to get back and, and play other opponents and to have two straight games where you're scoring uh, 21, good things there from Paulo. Uh, Mark Williams off of a career-high 28-point performance to go along with 12 rebounds and three blocks against Syracuse. Against Pitt last night, Mark only had two points on one of four shooting from the floor and two rebounds, and yet it did not matter whatsoever. That's what's kind of amazing about the Duke basketball team is you think about what it's going to take to win a national championship. You think about what it's going to take next week in Brooklyn to win an ACC tournament championship. From game to game to game, you really don't know what you're going to get out of, out of someone like Mark Williams, A.J. Griffin, Wendell Moore Jr. in terms of the total number of points that they have, right? All of those players are really capable of scoring large outputs but there are also games where the ball's just not coming in their direction and yet they still have an impact on the game and yet duke can still win convincingly without those guys having big games i think that just kind of shows how deep this duke team is
1: oh without a doubt i think before the um the syracuse game they'd had six different leading scores in, in in the last seven games so i think that's uh You know, I think that's a positive thing. If one guy doesn't have it, another guy does. And the guy that doesn't have it, he still, you know, he still steps up. You know, when Mark's not scoring, he still, you know, does this thing on the defensive end. And if he's being out physical like he was in the pit game, they'll put in Theo and let him do some damage underneath. You know, when when Palo isn't scoring, you can get something out of Keel's. If Keel's isn't scoring, you'll get something out of Roach. So I, I think having multiple guys that are okay with stepping up when they need to is definitely a positive trait. Heading, you know, into uh, the ACC tournament as well as the NCAA tournament,
0: and what another all-around great game from Wendell Moore Jr., who had 13 points, six rebounds, five assists. He continues to play great defense. He, uh, you know, they were talking about it during the ACC Network broadcast. Corey Alexander, uh, the analyst, discussing that he thinks Wendell Moore Jr. has a great case to be the defensive player of the league, along with Reese Beekman there at Virginia, and then Charlie Moore at Miami. Those are kind of the three guys that are. Being discussed, but uh, not only on the defensive end, again, Wendell 13 points, six rebounds, five assists. He's impressive in his ability to impact the game in multiple different ways. And we saw that again against Pittsburgh.
1: Uh, Definitely. I mean, I've always called him the uh, the Swiss Army knife of Duke. He can do a lot of different things, whether it's assisting the basketball, whether it's rebounding, whether it's scoring. You know, when, when he's at his best, he's filling up the stat line, you know, multiple different ways. And that, that's what I like about him is, he, you know, when he keeps his turnovers down, makes plays for other guys, gets going downhill, strong with the ball, he definitely affects the game for the, for the Blue Devils.
0: Brian Horace is joining me here on the program today. He is on Twitter at Duke Blogger. Make sure you check out his website as well, dukeblogger.com. Want to talk more about the men's basketball team after we take our first commercial break of today's program. Our show today is brought to you by the fine folks over at Built Bar. Let me tell you about Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar that you were ever going to find. And I seriously mean that. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar and you're making the best decision when you choose to have Built Bar. Built bar covered in 100 percent chocolate. These are low-calorie, high-protein bars that are amazing. Go to built.com, use promo code Locked15, L-O-C-K-E-D 15 for 15% off your order. Again, built.com, promo code Locked15 for 15% off your order at built.com. Moving along here in Locked On Blue Devils, JJ Jackson hanging out today with Brian Horace as we recap last night's Duke Victory 86 to 56 over the Pitt Panthers, a 30-point win for Duke. They had a 25-point win on the road against Syracuse, and now they get to take on North Carolina in what will be the final uh, home game in Mike Schefsky's career as the head coach of the Duke Blue Devils. Is Duke playing their best basketball of the year right now, Brian?
1: I think right now they are. I think they're uh, they're locked in on defense, and I think that's always the the, the telltale sign for this team. So offense is going to come and go, but defense travels, defense wins games, and they're playing elite defense right now.
0: Uh, North Carolina, obviously a team that Duke's already played in Chapel Hill. That game was uh, kind of lopsided in favor of Duke, which was awesome to see. Now we get set for the Tar Heels inside Cameron Indoor Stadium. And, you know, a lot of people instantly want to tell you, hey, this is going to be a blowout. You know, Duke's going to to run them out of the gym. Coach K's final game. There's no way Duke – can lose this game. And I don't know, I'm just the type of person, Brian, I hear all that positive talk, and uh, there's there's the pessimistic side of things. Sometimes it's like, wait a minute, still got to play the game, still got to make sure uh, that you do everything you need to to win that game because, man, uh, there's nothing worse. I I really can't think of anything worse than in Coach K's final game inside Cameron Indoor for Duke to lose, and in particular to North Carolina, the heated rivalry, and that sort of thing. So from this game-specific standpoint. How are you feeling about Duke's chances of walking away with a win on Saturday?
1: I mean, as we've seen this season, they they've dropped two home games that they should have won, so it's um, great point. Great point. It's not it's not a comfortable feeling. <laughs> yeah, they they played their best basketball on the road, without a doubt. And uh, I don't think the Carolina team that we uh, the we beat by twenty is the same team that's coming into Cameron. They're a team that needs wins right now. They're a team that is on the bubble. They're you know currently possibly in the, the NCAA tournament, but who knows what a loss does, you know, does to them. So it's, it's not a game where I feel completely comfortable.
0: <laughs> I feel the same way. I feel the there's, same there's way. There's a lot of
1: added pressure there too.
0: And, and no, a hundred percent. Like the, we've talked pressure all season long. Right. And, and it's been like, okay, make sure the season is great. And it was great. Duke won the ACC championship last night in the regular season for the first time in 12 years. That is outstanding. And yet now there's 40 minutes worth of pressure with one more game. We're hearing reports of 80 some odd former players that are going to be there to celebrate Coach K, which is going to be so emotional and so amazing to think about all the love and support that's going to be there. And yet you still have to throw the ball up in the air and play a basketball game and hope that Duke comes out on the winning side of things. I think they can get done. I, I still probably, definitely i am going to predict that Duke can win this basketball game. Yet you know that there are going to be some adjustments from the North Carolina and They had an emotional win on Monday night in Chapel Hill, knocking off Syracuse in overtime. I don't think we'll see Armando Baycott starting on Paulo like he did in the first meeting when North Carolina quickly realized, yeah, that's not what we need to do. That's advantage Duke. So they'll make some adjustments. It's just a matter of what Duke can do from there. And if you go back and revisit the first meeting between those two schools, it was AJ Griffin who had the monster game for Duke to beat North Carolina.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. And, and Brady Manic had a, had a really solid yes, game. he did. UNC. So, I mean, I'm sure that's going to be the point of emphasis for Duke guarding Manic, <laughs> not getting him those open threes. And one thing I've noticed about Manic is when he's not shooting a three, he still cuts to the basket really well on the baseline. And that's a, that's his go-to area as well. And I, you know, I know Kay's going to have something for that. Hopefully they can execute it.
0: He is going to have a game plan to, to kind of handle that, but I have been impressed with what we've seen out of Brady Manic so far. Uh, the season for North Carolina, and again, they need this one. They've got to make sure they keep uh, enhancing and boosting their NCAA tournament resume so that their season can continue uh, beyond the ACC tournament. All right, I mentioned – that we're hearing reports of of 80 former players that are going to be there. You know, you see all the stories about secondary ticket price numbers and how expensive it's going to be to be at this final game coming up on Saturday in Cameron Indoor. But just what specifically are you hearing, Brian? And then what do you ultimately think the atmosphere is going to be like?
1: I mean, it's going to be wild. There's there's no doubt about that. Um, It's going to be an emotional day. You know, what you hope is that the team – can, can block out those distractions. I mean, I know Kay will block out those distractions, but can the players, you know, get into the mindset that this is an important game we need to win. Let's focus on this. We, we can, we can deal with all the, you know, the, the former players and all of the accolades and all that stuff after the fact, but it's going to be wild. It's going to be emotional. It's going to be loud. I'm sure it'll be the loudest we've heard Cameron, you know, this season, you know, it's, but it's still, you know, a heaping amount of pressure. I think if they can get through this game and play it well. I think this bodes well for them going forward.
0: And what will be Coach K Sendoff there at Cameron Indoor and then again taking on the ACC tournament next week in Brooklyn. Duke is 26-4 and four on the season. They are 16-3, and three and ACC play the number four team in the entire country. I want to talk about the ACC championship season for the Duke Blue Devils and kind of wrap up our show. Again, Brian Horace, Duke blogger, joining us on the program. We're back in just a moment. Today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils is brought to you by our friends over at Run Your Pool. It's March. March Madness is just a couple of weeks away. That means you need to start thinking now about where you're going to be running your brackets this year. Are you going for the usual? Or are you looking for the best? We've done our homework here, and we're running brackets with RunYourPool.com. Along with standard brackets, Run Your Pool offers game types like Survivor or X. They have options to edit scoring, and they offer more intel to make your picks. All stuff you won't find at ESPN or CBS. Clearly, we believe Run Your Pool because, like I said, we're running our brackets there ourselves. There's no truer test than that. If you want to play against us at Locked On for a shot at a cash price, join us at runyourpool.com slash locked on. And while you're there, create your own pool for your friends and family. Enter Pure Madness at checkout for $10 off your custom pool. All the rules and details will be available there. That's runyourpool.com slash locked on for your chance to win a cash prize. We look forward to seeing and beating you there. Today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils is brought to you by our friends over at Rock Auto. I got to tell you about them, With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. Why would you ever want to endure the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer? Something that you could do yourself by accessing rockauto.com at home why choose to spend up to 30 50 or even 100 percent more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership rock auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years rock auto prices are reliably low for every customer go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. Here on today's edition of Lockdown, Blue Devils, JJ Jackson hanging out with Brian Horace. He has the Twitter account at DukeBlogger along with dukeblogger.com. Brian, if someone's listening to our conversation today and uh, they've never heard you on the program or they haven't come across your Twitter feed and that sort of thing, what can they find uh, on your Twitter page and then again on your website as well?
1: Uh, game stuff, post-game stuff, you know, anything related to, uh, to Duke men's basketball, uh, the occasional interview, you know, um, punchy tweets. <laughs> That's
0: <laughs> awesome. <Yeah. laughs> I encourage people to check it out give Brian a follow. He's got great content out there and I love interacting with him on Twitter and, uh, and social media platforms. And definitely when I'm getting set to do this podcast and you start to preview the opponent, I know that Brian's done a great job. And so I'm one to, to check out his, preview articles and give them some plug here on the show so again thanks to uh to Brian for hanging out with us as frequently as he does here on the show so all right Brian let's talk more about the Duke basketball team they've won the ACC regular season they've got a chance to make sure it's an outright title if they win against North Carolina Duke's gonna have the head-to-head over Notre Dame because of the fact that they beat them in the loan meeting this season and so Duke will be the number one seed in the ACC but as you reflect back on this ACC season for Duke and again, one game left to go. What was the most impressive part of the season or, or just how do you feel about this Duke team being able to win the ACC title?
1: You know, for me, you know, there were, there were some, some lows and and highs to the season, but honestly, the most impressive thing for me this season so far is the eight games in a row on the road. That's uh, that's an accomplishment for this team. I, I think it shows, you know, the, the, the kind of, you know, the guts that it takes to win a championship, you know, you have to. I mean, there's there, there are no home games in the ACC tournament. There's no home games in the NCAA tournament.
0: And Duke's two biggest wins that they've had this season outside of the conference, right, against Kentucky and against Gonzaga. Those are on neutral sites, which I've always loved how Duke plays in those big games, knowing that, hey, you can't win an NCAA tournament championship at your home building, you've got to win it out on the road somewhere. And so for Duke to be able to do that, I agree with you. I think the eight-game winning streak on the road is so impressive. I've liked what you said about, you know, we've had six or seven game stretches where the leading score is always different for Duke than it was the day before. And so many different guys have contributed. There have been stretches in the season where at any given moment you're hearing that there are five projected first-round picks on the Duke basketball team. And ultimately, that's got to stay true, right? Wendell Moore Jr. is kind of in limbo right now as to whether he'd be a first- or second-round guy. But there have been moments where all five are praised at the next level, and that's only happened once before. Kentucky, one year, has had five first-round draft picks. That's the only time that's ever happened. So that would be an accomplishment in itself. But to be K's final season, to win the first conference title – in the regular season in over a decade to be the only ACC team all season long to be consistently ranked and for the last what? Since all of 22, 2022, it feels like Duke's been the only ACC team ranked in the top 25. Uh, Coach K's got to be up there for Coach of the Year. He hasn't won it in the conference since 2000. I don't want it to be this sort of, hey, congratulations you're walking off into, into all the glory, and, and here's going to be one last award for you. Like, he definitely deserves it is what I'm saying. Right. How do you feel about that, Brian?
1: Yeah, I, I think you have to, um, you know, to at least consider it, you know, because of the way this team is playing. They've been the, uh, the standard bearer for the ACC this year. You know, um, when you look at the, the, the changeover from last year to this year, it's like night and day with this yeah. team. I think there are a lot of factors going, you know, going for him. It's, it's, you know, a lot of these, a lot of these guys are first year players, yet they've maintained a high level. He's coached them, coached them well. I, I, I can't imagine he doesn't get it. And if he doesn't get it, I don't know who should.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a, it's like okay, who are the, who? Who else is? Uh, can you honestly present a good argument for right? And the only one that I could really think of would be Steve Forbes at yeah, Wake exactly. Forest, because Wake Forest has definitely taken a big jump. But what Kay's done, I mean it's been incredible what this Duke team has been able to accomplish this season.
1: Oh, without a doubt. I mean, they've, you know, they've, again, they've been the standard bearer for the league the entire season, you know, no, no offense to Steve Forbes. He's done a great job as well. And he's had to do with transfers um, a lot of the time. And um, you know, if if there's a top two, those are the top two for sure. Right.
0: Right. All right. So Duke is set now to take on North Carolina on Saturday, as we start to uh, begin the wrap up here of the show. Brian, what do you think? I mean, ultimately, this is a uh, this is a Wednesday podcast, so we're still a few days away from the game actually being played. But uh, are, are you thinking Duke's going to be able to get it done on Saturday against North Carolina? How do you think that's going to go?
1: I think they'll get it done. I think it'll be, you know, within the 7 to 10 range, but I, I think they'll get the job done.
0: I can't wait. I can't wait for the game, and I can't wait for the ACC tournament moving forward and to see where Duke is Uh, as they're fighting to be a one seed. Does Duke have to win the ACC tournament to be a one seed in your eyes, Brian? Uh,
1: I don't think so. I mean, um, a lot of things are in flux with a lot of the number one seeds right now. Um, You know, Kansas went down, so we'll see how that affects things. So it it really just depends. I, I think they have to make a good showing. I don't know if they have to win everything outright.
0: Well, we shall wait and see as to all that goes. Again, follow Brian on Twitter at DukeBlogger and check out DukeBlogger.com. I really do appreciate you taking the time to chat with me again today, Brian. This has been a whole lot of fun.
1: Appreciate it, man.
0: All right, that's Brian Horace. He's joining us here on Lockdown On Blue Devils today, and that's going to wrap up today's edition of the program. Congrats to Duke again last night. An 86-56 win over Pittsburgh. They win their first ACC regular season title in over a decade. Amazing stuff. Still got a lot of fun coming your way this week as we get set for the penultimate game of the season for Mike Shashevsky the ultimate finale as they take on the North Carolina Tar Heels from inside Cameron Indoor Stadium. Uh, follow us on Twitter at LO underscore blue devils. Follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you, and good day.